0: FM 96.1 AM 1170 the answer welcome to the Andrea K show she's blonde five foot two and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress here she is Andrea Kay.
1: Good evening, happy hump day, happy 2019. Man, where did 2018 go? Where did 2019 go? We're one day in and I'm already exhausted. (laughs) But I'm glad to have you all here with me, 888-344-1170. I'm curious as to what's on y'all's mind today because it wasn't long, right before he got sworn in, mittens took the mittens off and he took some swings today. At our President Donald J. Trump, in the middle of a border showdown, so we got lots to talk about that tonight, and i 'm curious as to whether or not you guys think that Mitt landed any blows. I also posted the question on Facebook earlier, and I would love to hear from you guys out there in the listening audience, whether you think Trump is, reports have come out that President Trump has offered concessions in, in the form of taking less money, as well as making offers to DACA recipients. Do you think that that's good negotiations? Or And the Democrats said no. Do you think that's good negotiations? Or do you think Trump is going weak on the border wall, which was a signature campaign item for his in 2016 so i would love to hear from you guys got a great show lined up for you but before i tell you about that we gotta welcome in the man the myth who who made it all happen in 2018 he did more andrea k shows than andrea k it's dj carrot sticks be careful where you put that carrot dj
2: carrot More exciting than the bowl games. Yeah. More Run more smooth than the uh, float representing the Oriental <laughs> train.
1: No, not Oriental. You know, that that's a bad word.
2: Oh, I mean, the Asian, I'm sorry, I, I know that, the Asian train makers.
1: See, you know what, we're laughing, but seriously, I mean, the left plays such word games on us to, to literally try to trap us that we got to be careful over every word that we say. I was
2: thinking the Oriental Express.
1: Right. And if you guys didn't watch, like I did, I didn't watch the Rose Parade. I have never, as I said here before you, I'm proud to say that my record stands. I have never in my life watched a Rose Parade. I didn't again this year in 2018, so I didn't see that one of the floats broke down. But I guess that wasn't the first breakdown that happened, right, DJ care? Sticks?
2: Well, there was all kinds of problems. So one of the floats actually caught on fire, mm-hmm. and so it stopped. And then uh, people well, wait, that-
1: wait, wait, wait. Hey, hold on a second. Let's remind everybody, it was the Chinese float that burst into flames. And you know what? Bad product out of China... Is, has been a problem for the American consumer. So I'm not sure it's a coincidence that that's the float that burst into flames. Oh, well, and it's interesting
2: too. It's well, I guess because it's a car. But you think flowers? I mean, they're not flammable. But uh, so then, yeah, uh, people thought the parade was over because it stopped all the other cars. So people started wa- blocking the parade route, which so that made things uh, problem problematic. Mm-hmm. Then this, they needed a specialized tow truck to get this float out. And that truck broke down.
1: Oh, you know what this could be? This could be, it, uh, uh, speaking of being non PC, this could be a little thing called karma because this was the first year that the Rose Tournament Organization, or whatever you call it, awarded the Queen. I'm not even, I don't even know what to call it because I've never watched a Rose Parade. I don't even know how it works, but I guess this is their first Queen that is, is that what they call it? The Queen? I think court. for
2: braids, you're the grand marshal. I think. No,
1: they, they have these young gals that are part of the, oh, the, okay. the princesses or whatever. This was the first queen that was OBGTQ. And my question was, how did they know that? At what part, at what point did this organization that's over 100 years old now start interrogating young women when they go to the interview process on their sex life and who they're having sex with? Or did she walk up and say, I'm here, my platform is LBGTQ, in which case I would have preferred them as a, as a, an interview team or however it works to have said to them that, you know, really just like an interview process for a job, we're really not supposed to be discussing who you're having sex with. So really, we're not interested.
2: And I wonder if she took the, you know, the spot away from somebody who didn't bring up their sexuality. Like if the fact that she was LGBT, they go, oh, we need to put her in the flow.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Because really, so maybe this is a, a form of affirmative action. You know, it's, it's, and that's so classic liberalism. That's really at the heart of liberalism, which, by the way, is a very convenient word. It's, there's, there's nothing liberal about liberalism. Liberalism is where liberty goes to die. And all of this, the, what they are, the undercurrent of all of the social justice warrior movement is really the fact that it is the unequal treatment of people under the false quest of equality no young woman should ever who she's having sex with should never be a part of interview interview discussion whether it's a pageant or whether it's a rose bowl or whether it's an interview um but anyway got to get to the hot topic of the day because that's you know new year's day is over uh mitt romney inner Mitt romney i'm so grateful at first when i heard that mitt romney decided to chime in and attack president trump with his op-ed in which he um, I didn't bother to read it, and I will tell you because, quite frankly, I, I, I'm i like many Americans to where I really lost interest in anything Mitt Romney had to say when he handed a re-election to President Obama back in 2012 – uh, and then, uh, you know, Americans told Mitt Romney again in 2016 that they didn't care what he had to say when they completely ignored him and went ahead and gave the nomination. The Republican Party nominee gave to President Trump and then uh, the majority of Americans elected President Trump. So I think I'm like many Americans who said Mitt Romney, we really don't care what you have to say. So he wrote an op ed, I guess, for Washington, the Washington Compost slamming President Trump. And I'm at first I was angry about it. Because this is a man that handed, just gave President Obama four more years to do more permanent damage to this country than he did. But then I was grateful. Because what did Mitt Romney do with his op-ed today in in which he slammed, or yesterday in which he slammed President Trump, not on policy but on character? He reminded Americans of why he lost. If Mitt Romney thought that this was somehow... This is what he he and Elizabeth Warren have in common today because, you know, she did some more of her Focahontas crap over the weekend. And both of them have reminded, both of them are playing, this is a play for 2020. And this Washington Post article that he wrote was just as ridiculous and just as unconvincing to any voter as Focahontas and her cultural appropriation now of beer drinkers. Mitt Romney, you have, you have done... You, the cultural appropriation pretending to be a conservative for long enough that we, we get it. I don't even know how he won in Utah, except for the fact that Utah has gone s- towards the left for quite a while now, which is why Mia Love thought she was a, a way for her to win reelection was to throw Trump uh, under the under the bus. So I'm, I'm kind of grateful today that Mitt Romney has reminded everybody came out today because he did remind everybody why he lost, because let's think about this. How is it a reminder? Because this is a man who has, who's seeking to personally attack my president, which is an attack on me. Meanwhile, back when he was running for office in 2012, did he attack Obama in any way for character? What, how, what character or morality issues has President Trump as president displayed, Mitt Romney? And according to whose definitions? That's classic liberalism right there, thinking that he's got the right to tell us to dictate what morality is. Meanwhile, you know what I think is immoral? I think immoral is lying to the American people. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your insurance plan, you can keep your insurance plan. Lies of which Mitt Romney knew very well in those debates with Obama, and he didn't call him out on it. At no time did Mitt Romney ever question the morality of a man. Who with his Secretary of State, denied four, over 400 requests for increased security in Benghazi, then left an American ambassador and 30-something other Americans to fend for their lives under a terrorist attack that had been forewarned. Then after, then refused to try to attempt to help these Americans, literally left them to die. And then when they died, Oh, by the way, they didn't even get a plane from the U.S. government to bring, to bring the survivors home. And then after that, this is a man with his secretary of state who lied, launched a cover-up to cover up the way that they allowed Americans or basically were, were responsible for the deaths of Americans and would have been many more had it not been for the heroes who stood on rooftops for 13 hours defending their fellow Americans. But then they lied, looked in the eyes of the victims' families and lied. The lie went so deep that they actually ran ads around the world against the video that was supposed to be about Muhammad blaming the video. And the next morning, by the way, Obama got up, flew to a rally and fist bumped people and not once did Mitt Romney call him out on it. He didn't call Obama out on his divisiveness that practically the second he took office, he started his racial divisions in this country calling an innocent Boston police officer racist. And then when it was proven wrong, he had the beer summit. If I had a son, he would look like Trayvon. Obama continued to perpetrate the lie and propagate the lie on the American people. Hands up, don't shoot with Michael Brown. Obama was so lacking in character and integrity that he sent a delegation to Michael Brown's funeral who committed suicide by attacking a cop. Sent a delegation to that dude's funeral, but didn't send any to Margaret Thatcher. There's absolutely nothing of character and integrity about Obama. And Mitt Romney did nothing. Said nothing about it. The only thing presidential to me about Mitt Romney is his hair. because But you know what? They, not even that holds up. Because members supposedly... A big indicator of somebody winning the presidency was a good hairdo. Well, you know what? There's many things to love about President Trump, but I wouldn't say that his hairdo was one of them. So uh, a lot of people are talking today about how his niece, Ronna uh, Ronna Romney McDaniel, I guess, is the head of the RNC, that she pushed back and said, you know, uh, for a freshman Senator She's the niece of Mitt Romney. She said for a Republican freshman senator to attack our president as their first act feeds into what the Democrats and media want and is disappointing and unproductive. She didn't go far enough for me. Maybe because she's the head of the RNC. She couldn't call it like it is. But she should have said she should have taken to the microphones and said, hey, Uncle Mitt. You insane nut bar. Shut up. And, oh, by the way, I don't, want, I don't want to see you any further because we have our, our nation's sovereignty, our security. This is a weak Mitt Romney sided with the left against President Trump at a time right now where we have legal immigrant police officers being gunned down in the streets by illegal criminals, MS-13 gangs. That's who Mitt Romney is siding with. He deserved more of a smackdown from his niece than he would have if I had been his niece. And I wouldn't have cared about my position with the RNC. We're going to take a break. We come back. We've got an author here. We're going to shift gears and talk about Mueller because Giuliani made some news over the weekend talking about Mueller. And we've got the author of a book who says that Mueller is the errand boy for the New World Order. So stay tuned. We've got more Andrea K. Show coming up.
3: Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And follow her
1: on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Don't let your assets paid off or not. Go to probate. For your free consultation, contact Rod through his website, hatleylawgroup.com. That's H-A-T-L-E-Y lawgroup.com. Hatleylawgroup.com.
0: This is David Davenport of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. Democrats are frustrated that they've lost the presidency in Electoral College twice in the 21st century. But instead of amending the Constitution, they're going to courts and state legislatures. Four lawsuits claim that votes for the losing candidate in a winner-take-all
5: electoral vote are not counted equally as required by the 14th Amendment. Of course,
0: all the votes are counted at the state level, as the Constitution provides, so this should be a losing argument. But these days, who knows? At the same time, they seek to pass the National Popular Vote Bill in state legislatures, requiring electors to cast the votes for the winner not of their state
3: vote, but of the national popular vote. If you want to change the constitutional requirement of electoral
0: voting, it should be done by a proper amendment, not an in run or a legal power play. I'm David Davenport. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, preparing leaders for the public square. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.
6: Larry Elder here. Folks, in our country, people are living in two different worlds. About half believe the Russian collusion narrative that most media organizations are pushing, while the real scandal is Spygate, where Obama administration officials actively colluded with the campaign of Hillary Clinton and foreign governments to affect the outcome of the 2016 presidential election. Half of all Americans don't know the truth. But you can help solve the division with the facts and details you read in the Epic Times newspaper, sharing them with friends and family. The Epic Times reports the true and untold story of collusion in the Spygate scandal. And now they've also charted it out on a limited edition poster sized wall chart that exposes every illegal relationship. It helps you explain the truth. You can get a copy free when you subscribe to the Epic Times for just $1 for the first month by logging on to trustednewspaper.com. That's trustednewspaper.com reporting the important news avoided by the other media trustednewspaper.com that's trustednewspaper.com fm 96.1 am
0: 1170 the answer
3: andrea k telling you like it is all while eating a donut too it's the andrea k show on the answer san diego
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. 888-344-1170. What do you think is going to happen with this border wall showdown? There was a showdown in the Oval Office today. Nothing came of it. Do you think, are you supportive of President Trump's strategies and his negotiations so far? 888-344-1170. Coming up a little bit later in the show, legal analyst Wendy Patrick is going to be here to talk about the new laws that have taken effect that you need to know about. And then a little bit later in the show, speaking of a showdown, I might have a bone to pick with DJ Carrot Sticks. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Joining me now, Giuliani made some news over the weekend. He said that it was time for Mueller to put up or shut up. He went on to say that Mueller should be investigated for destruction of evidence, which to me, you don't have to be a comma J.D. to to see that that really should be in the works. Um, But I'm not an, an, an attorney joining me now. Uh, To discuss Mueller and author of a new book, Robert Mueller, Aaron Boy for the New World Order. That's an allegation I hadn't heard yet about Robert Mueller. So that's why I'm excited to have John Milkovich, who is the uh, attorney and author of the book and a fellow LSU graduate. Hey, John, welcome to the Andrea K. Show.
5: Hey Andrea. Uh, yes, LSU grads are sh- are pretty sharp out there. Thank you for the difference you're making in California.
1: Well, thank you. We might have uh we, we our families might know some uh common people. Um mama used to my mother used to work at the US Attorney's office in New Orleans. Did you ever know oh anybody at the goodness. US
5: you know, I don't know, and I think, uh, you know, we may have been at LSU at the same time, but I think you were in the smart part of the class, and, and I think I was the ones at the, at the back end <laughs> of the class trying to catch up with the smart people like Andrea. You oh. Were probably were you that really smart girl on the front row when I was my freshman year of law school? Well,
1: I wasn't in law school, so I'm I'm a graduate. I entered a political science major, and I ended up uh, with – a I got a job selling times here in the French Quarter, so then I fell in love with sales and business, so I ended up getting my degree in business out of CEBA. So you
5: leapfrogged all these people that spend all their time in college. Good for you. Yeah.
1: Well, no, I ended up at the Center for Engineering and Business Administration, so I ended up with my degree oh. from LSU. But Mama worked for John Volts. So okay. Yeah, so I don't know if you're familiar with that name. But anyway, well, that I ab- absolutely am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, enough of uh, walking down memory lane. Uh, so Mueller.
5: Well, listen, there's just the great uh, ironies, Andrea. Thank you for allowing me to be on the show. There, One irony is that the media is depicting uh, Robert Mueller as a straight arrow, Eagle Scout, uh, Dudley Do-Right. And when the reality is, if you look at his 30-year career uh, uh, in the Department of Justice and the FBI, he's been involved in cover-up after cover-up, after collusion, after uh, mm. corrupt incident. And, you know, another uh, irony is that he is investigating President Trump, and in reality, when you look at Robert Mueller's uh, history, he's guilty of ten times more things than President Trump's even been accused of. Another irony: uh, he wants to, uh, basically, if I understand what's going on with the Russian collusion, is he? He, he wants to. He, he needs to come out and say it, but it's so laughable he won't. Uh, the allegation is apparently that Donald Trump helped the Russians hack Hillary Clinton's um, computer. Well, if that's what they believe, then why don't we come front and center with the best piece of evidence? That would be Hillary Clinton's computer, hard drive, email server, whatever you want to call it. I'm not a, I'm not a digital genius. Far from it. But the best evidence, they won't look at it. And Robert right. Mueller, another irony, why is the media talking about the image, the pristine alabaster Uh, icon, Robert Mueller, ignoring totally his past.
1: Well, you know Um, what? You know, the interesting thing is, is that if you know his past, then so does Rod Rod Rosenstein. So did Jeff Sessions. So did everybody. So did Trey Gowdy, all the other, um, I can't remember who, there's so many... Attorneys and former prosecutors that are Congress people that they all know is passed. They all know that they know Mueller's involvement in uranium one deal. They know uh, they know of all of Mueller's uh, dirt. Why his hands are dirty, and yet even on the way out, Trey Gowdy and Goodlatte Friday before New Year's Eve wrapped up their investigation of this Republican Party and said they wanted to make it clear that they felt that the Mueller investigation should continue—an investigation that's being run by a man, as you as you accurately described, as being dirty
5: as well. Tremendous disappointment. Yes,
1: as well as the fact that not only are Mueller's hands dirty, but they have to know, as former federal prosecutors, at least Trey Gowdy, that this investigation is illegal from the get-go. Because they did not have probable cause to begin with. Exculpatory evidence was not provided to the FISA courts as they're required. And I could go on and on and on. Yet we have a Republican Party who, who's under a Republican administration that has allowed this illegal investigation to go on that involves the spying on Americans paid for by the Democrat presidential candidate. And I can't wrap my head around the fact that the average American is not completely outraged that this is happening in the United States.
5: Go, Andrea. You're oh, on a roll. I don't well, want to slow you me. down. <laughs> listen, you're right on. And that's very disappointing that Troy Gowdy, Trey Gowdy and uh, Goodlatte are doing that. That this is a the, Listen, what we talk about in the book is there's 30 years of corruption. You can talk about Whitey Bulger, his homicidal uh, reign of terror. He was the Winter Hill mafia kingpin in Boston, a bunch of dead bodies. The amazing, remarkable thing that came out is that FBI agents were assisting him, st- keeping him in power, tipping him off about local uh, law enforcement investigations, keeping him out of jail, keeping him out of prison, keeping him out of the courthouse. And also, according to one or more investigators, FBI agents were even assisting uh, Whitey Bulger in the commission and or cover-up of murders. Where is Robert Mueller in the middle of all this? Well, geographically and chronologically, he's right in the center of it. For a period of over four years, he was first the assistant U.S. attorney in Boston, then the U.S. attorney in Boston. Uh... And he didn't you know he didn't lift a finger didn't raise his voice he saw something said nothing is what mm. he did when when whitey Bulger was you know running a, a you know racket murder incorporated in Boston um, if if you move on the next big sca- one of the next big scandals that Robert Mueller uh, either said nothing about or covered up uh, the Pan Am bombing 103 that horrible tragedy uh 1988 mm-hmm. Uh, 270 people died when a bomb was blown up over Lockerbie, Scotland. It was it was uh, evident, manifest, uh, very clear early on who was involved. It was a terrorist, Ahmed Jabril who had the bomb made. It was Al uh Mansur. Al qasar was a Syrian drug lord who created the drug pipeline of mm. paid off baggage handlers that got the bomb on board Pan Am 103. The CIA had their fingerprints on it, according to Interfor, an Israeli. Uh, mm. Intelligence investigative group, private investigative group. They said that the CI actually gave the go ahead for that to the locals uh, on the ground to let the flight go, even knowing that there was going to be people killed, even knowing that there was a bomb on board.
4: I never Charles, knew that.
5: Yeah, well, and th- this has been written. It's, there's been some passage of time, water under the bridge, but uh, there was multiple books written about the the Pan Am bombing, all v- virtually unanimously. Very critical. But what did Mueller have to do with it? Well, Jabril, the terrorist who had the bomb made, he gets a pass. Al Qasar, the Syrian drug lord that created the, the the pipeline that got the bomb on board the airplane, he gets a get out of jail free card. The rogue, uh, dirty CIA black ops that allowed the, the flight to go, you know, a flight to leave and the, and the people to be uh, really murdered in midair, uh, they get a mulligan. And, of course, this is the classic hallmarks of a Mueller operation. The guilty go free, but innocent get harassed. He scapegoats a couple of Libyan intelligence officials who had nothing to do with the explosion, and basically tries to destroy their lives. And they had about as much to do with it as your sixth grade PE teacher from Des Moines, Iowa. We can go right down the, the well, line. Well, why?
1: Well, let me interrupt you there because you know the title of your book is "Aaron Boy for the New World Order." Is that why? Is that the answer to why he's he's done all this? Because you also you also talk in the book about Ruby Ridge, nine eleven, the anthrax attacks. What is help us to understand why what that has to do with the New World Order?
5: Well, we have a president in Donald Trump. In fact, uh, I was speaking to someone earlier today who really likened him to John Kennedy. At first glance, first first blush, that may appear uh, disparate. But actually, there is something to it. Uh, Donald Trump is an outsider. He's a maverick. He's a cowboy. He's taking on the establishment. And he is actually standing up for the freedom, independence, and sovereignty of the United States of America. And that places him at odds with a bunch of former presidents that b- named Bush, Clinton, and the Obamas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, it also places him at odds with the people that control the national mainstream media, the international bankers, the globalists, the people that want a socialist, one-world government, the people that want it, uh, America to, um, to go down the tubes. Uh, and of course, I don't want to take up too much time with this, but there's some critical policies that Donald Trump has sta- stood for. He has stood for, number one, uh, America getting a fair, tra- fair shot in trade. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, the globalists hate that. They right. want America to go down the tubes economically. And he's saying it's time for America to quit coming and last in every single trade deal. He's against – he's not against all immigration. He's against weaponized immigration mm-hmm. where people that want to see the downfall of America are trying to get terrorists into America. We want people that are going to build with us, not bomb us. Um, And, and of course, he he has basically said that we need to be sovereign. We don't need the United Nations passing our laws and telling us governing us.
1: Well you know you're the first person to connect the dots that i 've heard of between uh robert mueller 's past how dirty he is because and and uh, as well as to this to why that it's really about the new world order and that's uh, to me you 've connected a lot of dots here and and I think you know uh, this is a book clearly everybody needs to read there's so much involved in this in terms of the deep state, in terms of just all the different tentacles and ways that this has played itself out. And it can be overwhelming, but we really need to understand, as the American people, what's going on. Even if we don't have a grasp on all the, the little minutiae, at least reading your book and, and staying abreast of who the different players are, some of what the history is and what's going on here, we've got to understand it as an American people, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, because our entire future as a nation is it rest? Final thoughts, John Milkovich.
5: No, no, you're exactly right, Andrea. I couldn't have said it uh, couldn't have said it better. Uh, Donald Trump is an outsider who stands for America. The people that are out to get him want to see America go down the tubes. And Mueller was brought in because he's reliable. And whether it's we didn't have time to co- co- talk about all the cover-ups, BCCI, he helped cover up what happened in 9/11. He helped sabotage the anthrax investigation, scapegoated an innocent guy who had nothing to do with it. The guilty people get off. He. He lied to Congress and said we need a a surveillance state in America where the government spawned in every one of our conversations. He he repeated the false uh, weapons of mass destruction meme before Congress under oath. I mean, here he is prosecuting for people lying under oath. What about giving false testimony under oath to the United States Congress Mm -hmm. that gets us into the war in Iraq $1.7 trillion later, 4,500 American soldiers gone, thousands of Iraqi civilians killed. Um, He is brought in because he is reliable. They know what he will do, that he'll take orders. He has no, um, he has no moral constraints on his conduct.
1: And no, const- and, and no legal constraints, evidently, according to the blank check that's been given to him by the Republicans as well as the Democrats. John Milkovich, everybody needs to read his book, Robert Mueller, Aaron Boy for the New World Order. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. And go Tigers!
5: Hey, it's great to have an uh, LSU grad out there making such a great difference, Andrea. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, John. All right, now stay tuned. we got more Andrea K. Show coming up. Next up is legal analyst Wendy Patrick here to talk about the new laws coming into effect in 2019. Some of it's just going to make you want to jab yourself in the eyeball with a pin. Stay tuned. for a. K. Show coming up.
0: FM, 96.1, North County. AM, 1170, San Diego. The answer. This report is sponsored by the Word on Wealth Financial Network.
4: Here's the Word on Wealth a retirement update from five star wealth manager, certified financial planner, Marty Schneider, the retirement professor.
3: Greetings, friends. Welcome to this edition of The Word on Wealth. Marty Schneider here. Social security system is going to begin paying out more than it takes in in the year 2021. Over a period of time, they could continue to bump that full retirement age all the way up to 68. That one simple year would have a huge impact on the system in terms of its stability long-term. The other big issue, of course, is they could bump up the tax itself. If you need help on putting together your long-term retirement plan and come on in and see me, all you got to do is call and schedule your free consultation with me, 800-727-PLAN, 800-727-7526. That's it for this edition of The Word on Wealth. I'm the retirement professor, Marty Schneider. Thanks for listening. I'll be back with you right here on these very same Salem Network
0: Stations. FM 96.1 AM 1170.
3: The Answer. Andrea Kay, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea Kaye Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. I'm not sure if that's the right bumper music for this next segment for my guest, Wendy Patrick. She's a legal analyst and prosecutor, so I'm not sure I want to admit that I might fight the law. And here to talk about uh, the new laws taking effect in 2019 is, is uh, Wendy Patrick herself. Hey, Wendy, welcome back to the show.
7: Hey, Andrea. It's always a pleasure.
1: Well, I'm, I, hopefully you're rested, girl, because every time I got on Facebook, I saw you from some location as you were traveling over the holidays.
7: <laughs> you know, just trying to spend time with my, my gorgeous 85-year-old mother. You know, you never know how long you're going to have a parent with you, so taking advantage of every opportunity.
1: Well, I'm. I, I was glad to see the pics because you're right. She is gorgeous, and so is your sister, by the way your oh, whole family. You. Yeah. Um okay, so let's get into some new laws going into 2019. What is this about? I'm not sure. I think I touched on it a little bit in 2018, but this new thing about women in the boardroom? What?
7: Yeah, Andrea, you know, this is you would love this law. I, a lot of my girlfriends love this law. It really is something that shines a spotlight on the fact that women have been so severely underrepresented in the boardroom, we don't recognize that that's been the case because we all seem to know so many women that are in power. But actually, when you look at the statistics across the board, they're not. And so this is, and again, we're trailblazing here in California. We're becoming the first state to require female directors, and it really is—it's an opportunity for to level the playing field, close the gap, give women a much-needed seat at the table. And you're exactly what it says, Andrea. It's publicly traded companies are put on notice. They must have at least one woman in their boardroom on their board of directors by the end of 2019 and two or more in the board uh, by 2021. But let me also give you a little, uh, you know, as a lawyer, I like to argue both sides. Here's the other side of it. There are some people that argue that this might be more political than practical, and they wonder whether we're simply headed from the boardroom to the courtroom as challengers Bring equal protection arguments against a law like this. So it's a great step in the right direction. We're happy to see it. We're all going to keep an eye on see where it goes.
1: Yeah, um, you know, I am torn on this. I spent a lot of time in corporate America and, you know, I. I um, My favorite bosses were the women that I worked for. And and in part because in sales, I mean, you know, I was able to incorporate their suggestions and their talk tracks into my approach. And it was able to help me to translate into sales. And that's really what it was about for me. It was about performance. It was about the bottom line. Can you, you know, do I have a boss who's going to help me make sales or not? And so when I look at leadership positions, whether it's my immediate supervisor or whether it's the head of the company, And uh, Xerox was one of the first uh, large public companies, they're not that large anymore, but that actually had a woman at the helm. I thought, great, as long as she's got the right leadership and it's going to translate into increased, uh, you know, shareholder values in increased in product and services and increase in the ability to out, you know, smart the competition and do better. Otherwise, I don't really, I, I don't want a woman in a leadership position just because, of her lady parts that to me is a loss for everybody and certainly if the better person for the position is a man
7: that's exactly right. And you, this is like shades of the 2016 presidential campaign, <laughs> isn't it, We're we're talking about some of the same things that you do have to have qualifications. So here's a couple points on that, Andrea. First of all, a law like this will attract talent, so goes the argument. Many qualified women, and you're a powerful woman yourself, can you imagine working in a company where you were assured you would never have a shot of making it into the boardroom? You might not apply, so this is that's one argument. Here's the second one. This doesn't displace qualified men if anything it encourages boards to add a director position so there are lots of ways in which it seeks to accommodate exactly your concerns which are my concerns and your listeners concerns as well we want to make sure that you have qualified people filling these kinds of positions so it's interesting in California maybe not unexpected again because we're trailblazers here that we're the first state to do this however We are in good company globally, even if not locally. Spain, Iceland, Norway, France, Germany, these have all had legal mandates for female representations on boards for years. It seems to be working for them, and there's research that shows that companies do better when women are on the board, because we each bring different types of life experiences to the table. So I am interested in seeing how this goes. Let's you and I revisit this in six months and see where we are. Yeah, I
1: think we should, because I'm interested in the bottom line. I come out of corporate America and really, and I did a lot of hiring as I moved up the ranks. I did a lot of hiring and I did a lot of firing and I can tell everybody out there that when you are in corporate America, all you care about is the bottom line because unlike the government, which is spending taxpayer money, you know, even if you're in a, even if you're in a public company like I was as well, you still have to answer to the shareholders. There's somebody else's money that's involved that you have to have, you know, a proper, you know, sense of responsibility for. And and when I, and when I worked at, at Xerox, which was such a difficult company, Company to work for, that books were written about how challenging it was. And I had people come up the ranks that were put in leadership positions where they didn't have the goods for it, but strictly because they checked a the box and they ended up yeah. on temporary disability out because they couldn't handle the stress and it, didn't, it did not do them any favors. So you got to be careful. And I'm also a little squeamish anytime the government starts coming into, we're supposed to be a, a system that's based on, on free enterprise. So I'm a little squeamish anytime the government starts coming in and telling people, You know what boxes they should check because it's not their money that's at stake, and you know. So to me, I want to look at this. I do want to revisit it in six months. Moving on, uh, straws. I had to. I had to slip a tip to somebody at a a restaurant in La Jolla back last fall because he had some. Because he tried to propagate a fake straw on me, and I'm like, "Look, dude, straws are still legal here." And you know what do I got to do? What I got to do to get me a straw? We went to the back. Of course, I had to tip him, and he brought me a proper straw. Where are we at with the straw deal?
7: (laughs) Okay, Andrew, you almost got to carry your own straw with you, don't you? Right. So you're not having to, like, have right. a backroom deal to get yourself a straw. The war on straws began to heat up last year once, you know, remember the plastic bag band. Well, mm-hmm. you don't miss something good till it's gone, do you? Right. So the, this is the the, the, key, the key with this. It's single use straws, and I'm surprised that you have this issue in La Jolla because it is, again, it applies to dine-ins, but you're supposed to be able to ask. All you need to do is ask. And one of the things that we're seeing is this big and switch where our favorite single-use plastic straws are being replaced with these paper substitutes that often disintegrate in your drink, so I, you and I both know a of people that are actually, you know, hitting the Dollar Tree, stacking up and carrying them with them just in case, but you're right, this is a lot people have to know about, because it doesn't apply to fast food restaurants, and it's not supposed to apply to delis, cafes, but enforcement, I mean, that's really what it's all about. I, like you, have noticed that there are many restaurants that aren't really quite sure what they're supposed to be doing, and the fines aren't that high anyway, right. so So instead of, you know, carrying a little pocket change to be able to tip to get a proper straw, I'm hoping that restaurants really sort of get on the bandwagon and understand what they're supposed to be doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, and if you have a ban on straws, is it really a ban if you can just ask for it and they they have them in the back? You know, so I mean, that not, that that's, what I'm hearing
7: what, what I'm hearing from you and others is that they're not really sure what kind of straws they're supposed to be stocking. And these environmentally friendly straws are not what we're expected to get when we ask.
1: No, no. So what happened was it was a hot day. So he brings me out my club soda. Doesn't, you know, doesn't inform me. He's brought me out, you know, he, a phony straw, a, fo- a focus straw. So then the, it's collapsing on me as I'm trying to suck down my club soda. And then and then literally I had to tip him. So, you know, and, and you know, maybe. Well, maybe that's going to be the result. We're going to have a sideline business. People aren't going to know what the laws are, and so they're going to be over-tipping, and it's a way for waiters uh, to, you know, get, get some extra tips. But I think it's ridiculous you know, because... You are a
7: good tipper. I've been out to lunch with you, and you're a good tipper, so I, I would I would have liked to have been that guy that, that uh, <laughs> I, I told you, actually. That's really nice of you. <laughs> well, yeah.
1: Well, you know what? I paid my way through college as a waitress, and so, you know, I have my sympathies for the waiters. Um, you that, bet. That, Amen. That's right. But I, that doesn't mean I like the minimum wage, uh, forced minimum wage thing, because for a variety of reasons i think waiters need to be dependent on tips because it encourages good service and then i don't like the minimum wage thing but um the scooter safety i know that there's friends of mine that love these scooters in san diego but they are a danger and i i don't think that they belong on the streets but if they are going to be on the streets then there should at least be some measures in place for their safety what's going on with that
7: Andrew, like you, scooter safety is front and center in my world because I work downtown where those things are everywhere. You mm. see people zipping along on them. They're on the street. They're on the sidewalk, which are not supposed to be. And here's the problem. They're now, as of uh, beginning of January, you do not have to wear a helmet if you're 18 or over. And they have raised the speed limit 10, 10 uh, miles an hour. So they are coming to an intersection near you 10 miles Faster, So brace yourself for impact, hopefully not a physical impact, but the impact of what these laws are going to do, not just for the people riding the scooters, but for all of the rest of us. I know many people that say, oh, you know, I don't ride those things. It is our problem whether we are behind the wheel or the handlebars, I should say, Mm -hmm. of that scooter or not, because we have to watch out for them. Pedestrians have to watch out for them, and they, in turn, have to be very, very careful. They better hope they don't abuse this privilege and the leniency of the laws and cause the kind of accidents and injuries that are just going to make the legislature raise the laws again next year and require and require helmets and require a lower speed limit. I know lots of people would like that to begin with. So this is becoming a huge issue. It's only going to become more popular. Many people are joking. They're going to put ride shares like Uber and Lyft out of business, which, by the way, are facing their own stricter laws this year. But it is something we have to be aware of because their safety is our safety.
1: Well, yeah, it's a problem you know they there was a i i've done a variety of different reports of different accidents you know you get people there i don't know what training is involved it doesn't appear like there is any so you've got reports of for example one girl by city college it got, started going too fast for her so she jumped off and broke her leg I, the thing probably could have gone flying into a car uh you know i've i've had them whiz by me and get in front and cut in front of my car and i thought you know what i'm not gonna have sympathy for you if i run you over but you know I, could i end up fate, being faced with some kind of charge and i really don't want to uh, don't want to run over anybody they are menace i also don't like the fact that they're just left everywhere there's many towns around the country that have decided to outlaw them and have imposed stiff fines on these companies because they just drop a bunch of them off on a corner they're an eyesore there should you should have to you should have to get a license to ride these just like riding a car and you should only be in bike lanes in my opinion not on sidewalks and not out near a car and but you know i'm all for entrepreneurship i'm all for new business but these are really just a scourge at this point and you know and, and i wish that we would do away with them. And maybe uh, maybe after enough people get hurt on them including little kids in strollers getting run over on the sidewalk, then maybe a lot of uh, San Diegans would get on board that we need to get rid of these things. Wendy Patrick, I wish I had more time. Girl, I just have to keep having you back.
7: Always a pleasure, Andrea. Have a great night.
1: You too. Alright, now stay tuned because we're going to take a skinny little break. We're going to be back quicker than a than a scooter down uh, on Garnett Avenue. We got uh, more Andrea Casho coming up. A couple of uh Interesting stories to share. What were the most returned gifts of the holidays? We've got that. And then we've got a charity scandal from the left that nobody in the mainstream media seems interested in reporting. And yeah, it involves Democrats. We got that. And I may have a bone to pick with DJ Carrot Sticks. Stay tuned for Andrea K. Show coming up.
3: Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K A Y E.
1: Time to buy
0: your dream home? Julie
1: will find the perfect property that
0: fits all your needs. Call Julie Jules Real Estate. Julie sends you new home listings immediately so you can see them first and submit your offer right away. In this market, you need to be first.
7: Hi, I'm Julie Jules, and I'm excited about helping you. I'll save you money by paying for your appraisal fee. Call me at 619-992-7113.
0: Call Julie for your free appraisal, 619-992-7113. Moving out, moving up, or moving in, call Julie Jules. Hugh Hewitt tells you what you won't hear from the mainstream media. Look at what Donald Trump has accomplished in the last two years. Not only two Supreme Court appointments, the massive tax cut, and now you've got the prison reform bill, which has got you know liberals jumping up and down, they're happy. The substantive of achievements in 17 to 18 uh, are among the most significant of any two years of the post-war era. The Hugh Hewitt Show, weekday mornings at 3 on FM 96.1 North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer.
3: Andrea K. telling you like it is all while eating a donut. The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. we got 10 minutes left if anybody wants to call in. 888-344-1170. Uh, news reports about a week or two ago was that the state of New York I'm not sure if it was the Southern District that was involved in prosecuting Cohen or not, and Manafort. But uh, the the deal was reached that involved shutting down the Trump Foundation. And the the Trump family, not only was the foundation, they were were under investigation. They were forced to shut down. And Don Jr. and Eric, and, and I'm not sure how many in the family, were forced to agree to never run a charity again. Meanwhile, we know that investigators went before Congress. And talked about the many laws that were broken by the Clinton Foundation. Still, yet nothing. They're still allowed to operate. They're still allowed to go forward because, like every other, we've got two sets of laws in this country: one for Republicans and one for uh, and one for um, the Democrats. They get away with everything. Latest case in point involving charity: there's a caucus of black. New York state lawmakers who have a charity and its stated mission is to, and I quote, empower African-Americans and Latino youth through education and leadership initiatives by providing opportunities to higher education. Keyword opportunities. I guess that's the wiggle room that they're going to use to justify the fact that a lot of money later that's been donated from companies like AT&T, the Real Estate Board of New York, Time Warner Cable, Cable Vision, whole lot of money. Not not one scholarship has been awarded. And this goes back to uh, um, 2014. The group called the Association of Black and Puerto Rican Legislators. Uh, Meanwhile, imagine a group of of legislators calling themselves, we're a group of white people. Imagine that, right? (laughs) That ain't going to go down well. Um, But the Association of Black and Puerto Rican Legislators instead spent $500,000 in the 2015 and 2016 fiscal year on items like food, limousines, and rap music, according to the Washington Post. On top of it, the politicians refused to divulge the charity's 2017 tax filings to the Post despite federal requirements that charities do so upon request. According to this report, the the charity's main activity is holding and selling tickets to an elaborate party each year intended to raise money for its stated mission of providing scholarships for youth, but all the money is just going to festivities. Uh, When asked, the, the chairman, Assemblywoman Latrice Walker of Brooklyn, she said she didn't have any knowledge of the charity's failure. Okay, either... You are completely inept as the chairperson, in which case you need to be investigated for your failure to fulfill your, your fiduciary duties, or you a liar. But imagine if this was a Republican. What would have been done to this individual? As far as I'm aware, there is no uh, criminal investigation underway of this charity or of these legislators. In fact, if these were Republican legislators, they would have already been drummed out of office. This is just another example of the corrupt criminal Democrat Party who and who they are and how they exploit minority, exploit the youths for power and for money. And where is AT&T and Time Warner Cable and going public demanding their money back? And the money should come back out of the pockets of every one of these legislators. That's where it should come from. If this does end up with any fines having to be paid, it's probably going to come from the taxpayers, just like we still don't have a list of... of the Congress people who use taxpayers' funds to pay off their sexual harassment claims. Meanwhile, the Republican Party continues to sit back and let every bit of this go on. Um, This, the Trump bump, I think there's no other way to describe it, but this holiday season was was the best holiday season for retailers in decades. In decades. Again, going back to the opening of the show, you would think Mitt Romney, Mr. Businessman, would have some praise for Trump because it was Romney in 2016 who, during the primaries, said that he could not in good conscience allow Donald Trump, the phony, to win the nomination in the presidency because it would be the end of prosperity for America, what was quite the prosperous holiday season for retailers. However, I'm sad to report some of the most returned gifts of the holidays. What do you think that would be? Any guesses, DJ Carrot Sticks? I know you printed out the article. I don't know if you bothered to read it.
2: No, I didn't read it, but I'm going to guess clothing, number one.
1: Oh, it, top seven of the gift returns include Barbie dolls and Star Wars figures.
2: Well, those are things that those kids probably want a specific one, like a specific Star oh. Wars or a specific Barbie. So okay. they're probably going to return it to get the one that they really want.
1: Okay, good explanation there. But a head scratch coffee makers, how could you want a coffee maker returned? Even if you already got one. The coffee lover in me, that just made my heart seize. that you kidding me, people? And designer handbags, ladies. Is there a lady out there that would return a hand a designer handbag that was given to them? I'd go hungry for three weeks before I would turn a handbag for the money. You kidding me? Uh, maybe it depends on the designer, but you get a true designer handbag. I'm talking about like a designer handbag. Like you get a Prada or you get like, you know, certainly if you get a Birkin, you, that's worth going hungry for a year for. So I'm disappointed in any ladies out there that are returning a designer, unless they already have one.
2: But those Birkin bags aren't they like twenty five thousand or something? Yeah,
1: and it takes a long time to get one. i go a couple of years without donuts for for a Birkin bag. All right, so how many minutes do we have left? Because I got a bone to pick with you, my friend. We got five minutes left. Okay. Uh, I don't know how much you guys treasure my Friday Fun Day segments, in which uh, DJ Carrot sticks gives his cinema sticks movie requirements, uh, movie reviews. But I <laughs> crowd likes them. <laughs> I watch. I almost didn't watch bird box over the weekend because i trust my man dj carrot sticks in all things but i'm not sure i'm going to trust him going forward with movie reviews because i don't know if you out there <laughs> listeners are part of the 45 million supposedly who watched that movie but man i dug it
2: <laughs> well in my review i did say that 75 percent of the people did like it and i was asking the listeners to watch it and tell me if they liked it because most people did like it i didn't like it i well, thought it was
1: terrible You thought it was terrible. Yeah, you gave it two out of five sticks. I got to tell y'all, I am telling you that, first of all, it was uh, one of the reasons why I wanted to watch it is because I'm pretty anti-Hollywood, even though I have family in the industry, because they're just of their crazy liberal nonsense. But Sandra Bullock has never come out in anything political. She's never been anti-Trump, nor has really anybody else in the cast. So, um, there was one line, well, but, you know, he's a bad guy that ends up taking it in the end. So, we didn't care that he got sh- that he got murdered. But I thought it was a really interesting concept that had to do with the end of the world. I thought it was very clever. I thought it had a great arc. I thought it had really great character development. I thought it had, I thought the ending was really good, in, in my opinion. What? Say what? That ending was terrible. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That was wasn't. the worst part of the movie? Oh, that was the best part of the movie. I thought it was really good. If you're interested, it it because to me, I almost didn't watch it because say what yeah, um, like um, Nightmare on Elm Street, that kind of movie isn't isn't my thing. But to me, this wasn't that. I really thought that it had a really clever concept. I think if in, in if you've got a Netflix subscription and you're already paying for Netflix, it doesn't you know you're not going to pay anything <laughs> extra to watch it. I you know it was the first movie that I watched in a while that I thought was really good. So I, I'm going to say. It, it, it was really suspenseful. I thought it was good.
2: How many sticks do you give it out of five?
1: Four. I'm going solidly four out of five. Well, let and me there...
2: remind the listeners, this is also the person whose favorite movie is the Betty Broderick Lifetime movie.
1: <laughs> because that's that's genius. And if you have never seen a, a, a woman scorned and her final fury, that is must-see TV. DJ Carrot Sticks, I went ahead and watched Bird Box. You said to watch it. I wasn't going to do it. You must watch Betty Broderick. A woman scorned, and then doubleheader, back to back, uh, her final fury, because that that is absolutely must see TV. And it was based on a true story here in San Diego. It's a it, it's a legal crime thriller. It's controversial because uh, she actually it was a hung jury initially, uh, and then she was retried. So if you're interested in true crime stories and legal thrillers, as well as just a knockout. Amazing acting performance. That's a good one for you to see.
2: I'll watch A Woman Scorn if you will watch Star Wars. No,
1: no, I can't do Star Wars. I just can't do Star Wars. No, I can't. I can't even stand. I can't even stand to see. I, that's that's a gift I would have returned if anybody would have brought me a Star Wars figures. And I've got family that is just. I got a niece that's like obsessed with Star Wars. You she know, it's so
2: crowded now at Disneyland. You're not allowed to stand in certain sections, and they have guys dressed as Jedi's. Ushering you along with um, lightsabers.
1: Really? Yeah. At Disneyland? Disneyland. I, you know what I would tell them to do with their lightsaber? Yeah. The all right. Well, we made it through hump day. We're on the other end. Tomorrow is our Friday <laughs> Eve show. Glad to have you all here with me. I'll be right back here tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Pacific time. Thanks to my amazing guest, John Milkovich and Wendy Patrick. Have a great night, everybody. Love you all.
0: Time to buy your-